Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. You take, Lord Jesus, what the enemy meant for wrong and you turn it into something good. You take what we are and turn us into what you would have us to be, Lord Jesus, when we just open our hearts and allow you to work. And Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you, Father God, that the words that I speak this morning will be the words that you would have me to speak. And Lord, that they would pierce hearts and change hearts. And Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for all that you're doing in our midst. We lift all those up to you this morning, Lord, that couldn't be here this morning. For whatever reason, Father God, and those that are sick that we know of, Father, we lift them up. We lift Robert up to you. Uh, we lift Frank and Debbie up to you. We lift all those, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that you're our healer, Lord. You're our source. We put our eyes to you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We pray for your direction. We pray for your healing upon the lives of your people. And we give you praise and we give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Thank you, Father God. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated this morning. You know, most a lot of you have seen them uh, put out that we're starting a series this morning on Rooted and, and, and it's um, growing deep and living strong. You know, and we all need to be rooted and grounded. We all need to be set apart. And we all need to realize um, who you are. And, and, and we'll be talking about the parable of the four seeds and what that means. And, and um, you know, as, as I've been reading and praying this week, and um, I, I was just thinking, especially in the last two mornings, of, of how, you know, we all have our parts of our heart that need growth and need to be changed and need to be uh, made new. And so we just pray this morning, as again I said, for your word to just come forth in us this morning. And what come out, comes out of my mouth, the word of God is anointed when you speak it. So, but let's pray that, that we would, hearts are ready to see it. So, what we're going to be talking about is, like I said, the parable of four seeds. And what we're going to be learning is how to keep the soil of our heart fertile. How we can keep the condition of our heart to receive the seeds that are planted into our lives. And, and, and we know that and the four things we'll be going through is planting and growing, pruning and harvesting. And all those things have to take place, you know, for, for um, the Word of God to um, come alive in us. And, you know, the, the Word of God, like I said, is continually being sown in us. God didn't just sow them the first time. Those are the first seeds of the gospel that's planted in the, and that this talks about. But God is continually, continual. And you know, um, God's word and God's seed, the seed of the gospel, is um, continually and it's being sown. It's available to everybody. God's no respecter of person. So it's available to everybody. No matter what the condition of your heart is, doesn't mean he's not going to sow it. I don't know how many of you ever sowed seeds. You know, now we do more planting. But um, you do sow things. Especially when, if you're doing grass, you usually sow it. And I got one of these little things you push and it throws grass seed out everywhere. And um, I remember helping my dad and my grandparents. And, you know, you, you had a sack and you... And threw it everywhere. And um, when you planted greens, like turnip greens and all of that, that's the way you did it. You just, that's the way we did it. You just sowed them. And then they came up and you went and pulled them up, made them. Somebody like, you eat that nasty stuff? It's very good. It's good for you. It's green. It's, I love them. But, um, so no matter what the heart condition is, um, so it's dependent upon the condition of your heart. And we will get into that. And, and you know, before we start out, you know, everybody needs, you need to believe that you have the ability to make life choices and life decisions that, in, that ensure that your heart is fertile. 
you know, and we'll talk about that. But, you know, it's a little bit in depth a little later on. But, but you know, it's, it's a pendant, like, where we put ourselves, how we put, you know, how, how we do that, how we, we, we put our hearts in places, what we listen to, what we do, what we do the most of. That's where you get your stuff from. And um, so we need to make decisions to condition our soul more. So I, I want to read Psalms 1-3 first. It says, They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. So we need to learn to be like trees planted by the river. Planted, we have to plant ourselves where we can be watered, right? And where we can be fed. And it's where you plant yourself that makes a difference in, in, in how you grow. And it says, and if, whether you wither and whether your, your, um, the things that you do wither or whether you prosper. And in, in the, that was in the New Living. In the Passion, it says, in Psalms 1-3, it says, He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design. Planted, how are we planted? By God's design. God puts us where he wants us. Deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of life. I want to bear fruit in every season of my life. You know, some people get past the age of, of 60, and one day I'll reach that. I'm just kidding. Um, they get past the age of 60, and like, well, you know, I might as well just back off. Or they get 62 or 65 or 68. And they're like, well, you know, it's just time for me to lay back and do nothing. No, it's not. You know, I'm a firm, you know, I'm a firm believer in what stays, what is in motion stays in motion. And, you know, sometimes I feel like um, I was in my 50s before God really started using me more. And so I, it just, I, I want to be this way till he takes me home or till Jesus comes back or whatever. You know, I, I want to be active. I want to be growing. Hallelujah. It says, bearing fruit in every season of life. He is never dry. You hear that? Never fainting, ever blessed, and ever prosperous. Does anybody want to be that way in their life, in their walk with Christ? That's what I want to be. So, you know, and, uh, there's a first thing in order for a seed to grow. You know what that is? It has to be planted. Right? I, uh, it's an old practice, but if we have seeds left over from last year, you put them in the freezer. We always did that. And then you pull them out next year and you plant them. And they'll come up. And some people don't know that, didn't know that, but we do it. And unfortunately, we had, Peggy and I had left some, um, I call them bad cucumber seeds. Because <laughs> we had some in the freezer, and I said, well, I'm not buying any. We got some. We just plant a couple of cucumber plants. Right? And then after I plant them, I remember. They weren't for eating too much. You know, there's pickling cucumbers, but these would grow about this long and then go boom. And they weren't fit to eat. And I was like, so I told Peggy, I said, those are going in the, they're not going back in the freezer. <laughs> they're going, oh. So a seed is planted, and a seed's planted, and it grows according to the kind of soil that it's planted in. It either grows, don't grow, grows partially, and we'll talk about that. And so whatever it's planted in has a, 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 a great effect on how it grows. Amen? That has the biggest effect. So let's go to Matthew 13, starting in verse 3 through 9. And this is the parable that Jesus told about the farmer. It says, he told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen. A farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across the field, some fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Others fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, 
They died. Other seeds fell among thorns and grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone, who, to hear, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So the seed is the, the, the word. The seed is the gospel. And, and, and a lot of times we just focus on it hit these people that didn't listen, these people and these people that accepted Christ and these people that grew. But it, it's more than that. The soul is, is, is um, a parable of the heart of the person and what kind of heart they have. And I want to say there is hope for those where the seeds fell on the first time. Because you know what? I've known people that for years and years and years, the gospel was preached to them. The gospel was preached to them. We witnessed to them. We witnessed to them. And for years, they didn't. And then all of a sudden, like one day, that stone was softened and the seeds began to take root. And they accepted Christ and they started living. You know, that happens to a lot of us. Probably all of us. I was pumped the gospel from the time I was born, just about. You know, I went to church all my life. And I, but I didn't understand the word of God till I got older. Until one day, it like, clink. Hallelujah. So the soul's a harder part. G, um, and Jesus in this is saying, the problem's not with the seed. Not like the cucumber seed I had. The problem is with the soil. The problem is with the heart and where the heart is. And um, you know what? We, we can change the soil of our heart. We can do things to the soil. You know, I, 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 my tomatoes did okay this year. They started out gangbusters and then they just went crazy on me. And I had fertilized them some and I did this and did that. And they still produced tomatoes, but it wasn't like I wanted and um, maybe I didn't do the soul right. Maybe next year I need to dump all that out and start over. I don't know. But, but so we can change the soul of our heart. So the first thing I want to say to you is a hardened or oblivious heart is a barren wasteland. That's that first thing. A, a hardened heart. You know, there's people that already have their hardened, heart hardened. I've known people that just like, well, I'm, I don't care what you say. I'm not going to believe it. I don't care what you say. My heart's hardened and I'm not listening. And sometimes it's because something happened maybe in their time, maybe in church. I had, I had a friend that um, I, he was, we lived together in the same community and something happened and was said to him and he, he, for years he wouldn't go back to church. He sang in the choir which a lot of us young guys did. Well, you know, was, he grew his hair a little bit long, and then he was chastised for that. And so he said, well, I'm done with it. But you know what? Now I see his Facebook posts, and he posts stuff out of the Bible. He talks about God. So God has softened that heart back. He, saw, he, he allowed God to come back in. So a hard, oblivious heart is a barren wasteland. In other words, it's hard. So that's in third. And then Jesus later on, I won't go through that whole thing, but he started in verse 19. He explains the parable to the, the disciples. He had to do that all the time. You know, I'll tell you the parable and they didn't understand. And so he said, well, here, I'll, I'll, I'll explain it to you. Matthew 13, 19 says the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. The evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their heart. So when that seed is there and it's just laying there and they didn't hear it, they didn't understand it, it's just, it's, for, it's um, free game. And so the enemy's going to do what he can to get that away. It's just like the birds came and they snatched it away and they took it away. You know, if you, you're planting seeds like grass in your yard, you have to put something over it. A lot of times you put wheat straw or something like that over it, and um, they make all these things you can put over it now because the birds come get it if it's just laying there for a couple of days because they're looking for something to eat. And, they'll snap, and that's what it's represented here. That's what is happening. The evil one comes and snatches it away. So 
the hardened heart, what word is there, the enemy will come and take it away. Because you know why? Because the enemy knows it's powerful seed. The enemy knows it's the word of God. And if it lays there long enough, it's going to find a way to take root, right? I believe it will. So that's what it says. And then if you go back into 15 when he first, he, he quote Jesus quotes um, a scripture out of Isaiah 6, basically. He says, for the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear and they have closed their eyes. So their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. Some people are opposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some um, <clears throat> are just kind of oblivious to it. You know, you have people that, well, I heard it, you know, it's, it's a good thing. But they put it along with every other good thing that they know. And that's why they can't understand it. And... Um, so the, the, the seeds can't grow in, in, a, in a soul that's inhospitable, in a soul that doesn't grab hold to it. But I, I believe that if it lays there long enough, the, the, the word will find a way because the soul will change. If, um, see, the, the, the enemy comes to snatch away these things because he does not want opportunity for those seeds to grow in your life. And I'll say that's through our whole Christian walk. There are things that, that happen. There are things that we do. There are things that we see. There are things that we hear. And, and we have opportunity to grow or we have opportunity to become stagnant and not allow it to grow. We, we sometimes let that ground get hard again and parched. Because, you know, if you know anything about the you've got to plow it up or hoe it up. You've got to get it soft so the seeds can take root. But, but the hard soul can never reproduce because it can never produce anything because it can't reproduce. It can't. It can't do it. And the Word of God can't be reproduced in us if, if we don't let it allow it to grow. If we don't do the things that we need to allow it to grow. Another statement is a troubled heart produces shallow roots. Listen to this in verses 20 and 21. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Listen, life's a long journey, right? And there are going to be troubles and there are going to be things that happen. And some people, and I know this happened a lot back when I first accepted Christ in the 70s, it was like, accept Jesus and you never have another problem. Accept Jesus and you go on. Well, you know, that's rough whenever things start happening. Because <laughs> you're like, well, what happened? I thought I was never going to have another problem. I'm not saying we can't overcome these problems, because we can through the blood of Jesus Christ and through the word of God, but there will be things coming, right? There, there are things that will happen. And when, when you allow those things, those obstacles, those everyday things that happen, all the trials and the troubles and the things that happen, when you allow them to take, kind of like take root in your life, then it's, it stunts the growth of God's Word. It, it stunts the growth that you're able to do as a Christian. And it won't produce deep roots. They can't go down deep. You know, you've, they've got to go down deep to, to uh, grab all the stuff they need to stuff. And, when, you know, one reason when they grow deep, too, is like when there's no rain for a while, like we haven't had a lot of rain, or not in my house anyway, in the last couple of two or three weeks, if they're not deep enough, they dry up. The deeper you go, there's still some moisture down there. There's still something down there for them to grab hold of. So we need to allow our roots to grow deep into the Word of God so there's something to pull from. It's not all dried up on, just on top. If you have shallow roots, that don't work. Don't work good. You know, I think about the things, some of the things in, in, in Nicaragua, they'll go a long time without water. 
And they've got to have deep roots to stay alive. You know, that's why when it's dry and you go, but you see things planted by the river and guess what? They still look good and green because they're near a water source and they got deep roots that go down and they grab from that source. They grab from the Holy Spirit. They grab from, from the Word of God. But if you don't keep your heart right, if you don't grow some deep roots, get into God's Word. And I, and I don't want to say that at first, but continually. You got to keep those roots going and growing and growing so that you can stand strong, so that you can stand the, 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 the troubles and the things of life that come and that try to destroy you. You know, um, there are going to be things I said that happen. And you know, one of my favorite scriptures, John 16, 30. Three in the world you have tribulation but be of good cheer why because Jesus said I have overcome the world do you know what that means it means no matter what happens he's overcome the world he is there waiting on us he is there for us and we just have to put our trust and our faith in him the king of kings and the Lord of Lords. And, and all these troubles and all these things. So, so that's that second one where, where it, 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 it's going down and, and immediately you accept it and immediately you go and then you start waning back and you're not producing deep roots and you begin to fall back. You know, I, I remember we used, to, we used to say, what happened to so-and-so? You know, they were so on fire and then all of a sudden, or it seems like over the last two years they kind of backed off you know what's good to see it's good to see people that you haven't seen in a long time and they're still fervent for God they're still growing you know their roots I saw a friend of mine I haven't seen in years on Friday and and um just to see him still walking with the Lord still just excited about Jesus and that was that was awesome and uh we were together when we first accepted Christ and and um Walked into a place and never thought I'd see him, but I did. And praise the Lord. And we, we had a good, like, two-hour <laughs> reunion or whatever you want to call it, revival, whatever you want to call it. So these, we have to grow deep roots, and these are the ones that don't. And then the third thing is a distracted heart bears no fruit. So listen, Matthew 13, 22. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the words of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. A distracted heart cannot grow the roots to sustain life. If you let all these distractions that come, all these troubles we talked about, if you let all those things overpower you, if you let them, if you, you, you put more into that, you care more about the things of the world, you care more about those things than you do the Word of God or than you do the kingdom of God, it's not healthy. Because you can't stand strong. You can't sustain life because you allowed all these things to crowd you in. You allow all these things to keep you, you know, if you're continually scared and worried about something, you're not going to be able to do. Like, if, if you go to do a job and all you can think about, man, this job's going to be tough and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it and it's going to be hard and, you know, on and on and on. One time, I, years ago, a long time ago, because does anybody here know, ever heard of an oil furnace? <laughs> That's what people used to heat with most around here. Wasn't gas or natural gas or anything like that or electricity. And I remember this one time, and I wasn't normally like claustrophobic that much because I'd been under houses a few times in my life. 
And I went under this house. It was on a Sunday afternoon. People were without heat. And the way they had arranged this thing, like this was the house, and this was the, you know what scuttle hole, this is the way you got under the house. And the, the unit was right there, but it was behind air, pillar, pillars and ductwork. So I had to crawl all the way to the end of the house, all the way back down to it, and it was stuffed against a pillar, and I'm laying like this. And if you knew anything about oil furnace, if they've pushed the button two or three times or whatever, when you hit the button, it's gonna go boom. Fire's gonna shoot out. Well, I hit the button. <laughs> and I'm against this thing trying to dodge the fire coming out of that thing. And I'm like, oh my goodness. They were worse than gas because you could smell the gas and you knew it was coming. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I felt like that whole place was closing in on me. And my first thought was, I'm out of here. I ain't gonna be able to fix this. You know, I was, I was freaking out. And I, I, and I was a Christian, and I was like, Lord, I don't know what to do. So I crawled out. These people were at home, and I don't know what they, I crawled out, crawled out of the scuttle hole. I had my coveralls on and all that good stuff. And I'm walking around in the backyard praying. And I said, Lord, I got to do this, and you got to give me the strength. I got to do this, and you said you'll be with me through everything. And, and I, you know, I went back and forth, and I probably spent 15 or 20 minutes then, then I said, okay, Lord, I'm ready. And I crawled back under there, went under there, fixed what was wrong, crawled back out, and went home. But if I had not had the word of God in me to know that I could trust him, to know that I can ask him, to know that I could do that, I would have been out of there and went home and they could have called somebody else. Or either my father-in-law, who I was working with at the time, would have probably went over there and not been happy with me. So, and then it talks about prosperity. When we care about the things of the world more than we do the Word of God, or more than we do, in other words, it's not about reading the Word, it's about if I got this and this and this, I'm going to be happy, right? I can be happy. If I get me a new car, I can be happy. Well, I, this is my thing on a new, if you get a new car and you got to go in debt for it, I, I ain't going to be happy because I don't like debt. I have a little bit, but not much. But I, I'm just saying, I'm going to be happy. And then, you know, sometimes you get a new car and it don't work. And you're like, really? I just paid all this for that car and it don't work? You know, so what you think will make you happy won't necessarily make you happy. And when you're doing all this and that's more your concern than anything else, then it's going to be hard for you to have good roots in God's word because you do it. And you think, well, you know, I got to work all the time. So I won't be able to be at church maybe once every other month because I'm going to work because I need to make the money. I need these things. They choke out like the thorns. They choke out the ability to be strong in, in the word, to be a strong Christian, to be able to stand up for what you need to, to do. So, in this, we have to keep our eyes on him. Our eyes on him. We have to stay strong. That's why it's important. I think all the things are important. It's important to fellowship with other believers. Amen. It's important to be in fellowship. It's important to surround yourself with those people that think like you and think of the word and know it. And they keep they you strengthen each other. That makes your your soil more fertile and more fertile. And you can begin to see the so, you know it's just like when you plant and you see. The fruit coming on the on it, you start. I, I have two plum trees, and my son got one for his daughter. Luke got one for Mary Ellen, and they planted it. And then I thought I got the reading. I said it's got to have another one because I got to cross pollinate. So I went and bought another. One. Well, this the, the big one had a lot, and we had a frost, and then they all died but one, I think. But so, the other one was strong. And then we had 20-something plums on that little tree. And I'm like, praise the Lord. And they were great. They were delicious. And when I was coming up, there were wild plums everywhere. And now you don't ever see them. And, um, 
But anyway, I was saying, I was excited that that thing was working. But I watered it and did everything I was supposed to do to it, and it produced. So we have got to not let things overtake our minds and overtake our hearts to where it chokes out God's word, to where it's more important than, than God's word. It's more important than fellowship, and it's more important than coming to a Bible study. It's more important than coming and hearing the word. It's more important than anything else. And if you expect to be strong, and you expect to, when we go to this next point, if you expect to be like that, guess what? You got to make yourself available to him. You got to make yourself available. And then the, the um, last one on that is a fertile heart sustains life. Matthew 13, 23. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. You know what? A, a fertile heart readily accepts God's word. Amen? A fertile heart readily accepts. One that's fertile, you know, when you have people that have been searching and have been searching and they've been searching for God and they've been looking and then when the gospel is presented to them, the seed, it's ready. Well, that's what I've been looking for. That's what I've been looking for. And it's the same as we um, continue our walk with Christ. The, the truth of, of, of God's word is strong and powerful. And when we understand that, it changes who we are. It changes us. You know, and I'm kind of like this. Once you had it, once you've accepted Christ and you really let the roots grow down deep, you can't get enough. You want more. You know, when you get something good, you want more, Right? There's one place we go in Nicaragua. We went this time, and that the steak they have is just amazing. I mean, when you can cut a steak with a fork, it's good. And and, and you know, you, it's like you want more. And when when you get a good thing, you want more. I love ice cream. I want some more. <laughs> I have to. I have to not keep it at home. Because if I do, woe be unto me. Because <laughs> I will eat it, eat it, eat it. And um, I love a good banana split. It's one of my favorite kinds of things. <laughs> so if our heart is open to the word of God, open to his truth, we will be transformed. You know, we transform every day. Amen? Anybody seen the movie Transformers and those little cars are running down the road and all of a sudden and they're this fighting force, this big robot thing. But you know what? You know what's what makes our heart strong, makes our heart ready is by the prompting of the Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit is what draws on the inside of us pulls out the word that's in us it has to be the word mixed with the spirit that's what reveals it to us that's what is revealing is God's spirit reveals his word to us and that's why we need to put as much word as we can then the spirit mixes with it and it becomes real it becomes life You know what? You know, we think, well, you know, I wish my friend would really grab on to God's word. I wish my friend would do this. Well, you know what? <laughs> the more we do that, the more those around us will do it. Because it will ex ex exuberate from us. It will shine from us. And when they see you're serious about it, and you're not just saying, well, yeah, I love God, and then they see you doing. No, when, it, when, it, when you're doing what it says, guess what? It will draw them to you. 
They will want to know what's going on. They will see that it's true and that it's truth. A lot of times a person can't, we, we, we all feed off of each other. So our heart can't necessarily just grow by itself. But when we're together, just like those two trees needed each other to produce, we need each other to produce. We need to cross-pollinate. We, we need to be able to, to cross over and help each other and make us grow and become strong men and women of, of God. And a healthy soil is where seeds have the most opportunity to grow. You know what? You, the best thing you could do for someone that you're, you're wanting to bring to Christ or maybe you want them to get stronger is that you help them prepare their soul. You put stuff into them. You, you show them by your actions what it is really to be a Christian and to know Christ. And you, you, you're sharing with them and it begins to help prepare their soul. And then one day they go, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what it, that's what brought me to, I mean, all the years I went to church and I heard good things and bad things and people loved me and people didn't love me and people told me I was going to hell because I had a beard and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But when somebody started loving me the way that Christ loved me, not that they agreed with everything that I looked like or did or didn't do, but they started loving me, guess what happened? My soul became fertile. And then, when, then one day, that little seed went. And you know when it first grows, it's got little teeny little things on it. You ever had a potato and you had it in the pantry too long? And these little things start growing out of it? Peggy's like, we got potatoes. I said, yeah, but we better use them because they're starting to sprout. Well, that little seed does that at first. But if you left that potato alone, we, when I was a kid, what you did, you cut them into little squares and you put them in the ground and they became potatoes, right? You kept the eyes of the potatoes. So it starts out small, but then you begin to feed it. You begin to put it in fertile soil and it grows. Flowers nurse and strengthen because of all the pollinated the bees that come i have hummingbird feeders and i, I love to watch them but mine was empty before i went to nicaragua i filled it up i came home i have two of them for some reason they like the one out front better than they do the one out back i filled it up when i got back from nicaragua and guess what i'm gonna have to fill it up again this afternoon and then you think them little teeny things can drink that much and they do and they fight over it one running this one away and one sits up in a tree and when some comes near he'll swoop him and get him out of the way but you know what they're sustaining life and they're excited about it so so it, you know things need to cross pollinate we need to be cross pollinators we need to be able to to help each other out i've got something you need and you got something i need right you know the ladies just had a um those that could go just had a little retreat this weekend they went off together and i was talking to peggy about it and she said well just uh, you know they and i asked somebody else oh yeah it was a great time they were able to pollinate they were able to help each other well, maybe this one had this thing they needed to share and somebody had input to put into it that's what it's all about amen so i asked you this morning what kind of soil is in your heart what kind of soul do you have where are you at in your growth where are you at in that point are, are the seeds be able to grow are they growing do you need to spend some time on conditioning your heart have you maybe been neglecting that lately like well you know I, do you need some time do you need to think about that you want the word of God to grow deep inside of you and the more it does that, the stronger the roots get. You know what? The stronger the roots get, guess what? They're hard to pull out. Right? And I want to tell you something right now. If you don't want holly bushes all around your house, do not plant one. Because they don't come up. I had some that I took my brothers, and I probably told you this before. 
Anybody know what? They probably don't, they don't make them anymore, but they, a 40-20 John Deere tractor is a pretty good-sized tractor. And so I was trying to get mine pulled up, and I couldn't, so I got my brother's tractor. I hooked the chain to my holly bush, and they were about this big. You know what happened when I first pulled it up? It stood that thing straight up on the back two wheels. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is a bush. Not a tree, but it's a bush. So my dad was helping me. So we ended up taking, and we had to pull it out root by root. We cut it and pulled the root up. Cut it. And we did that for the two or three that I have. And guess what? I still have to keep them cut down because they still try to come back sometimes. So if you don't want a lot of those sticky things, don't do it. Don't do it. So where is your heart today? Um, how much effort are you putting into keeping your soil fertile or, or, or putting the roots down and keeping them growing? It takes a daily diet of prayer and God's Word. Prayer and God's Word and I believe fellowship. As I talked about the cross-pollination, I believe it takes a, that, the fellowship and the Word of God and prayer. All of that together helps make your soil fertile. I want to read this one more scripture to you. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. But we've got to guard what comes in our heart. We have got to go. We ought to make sure that it's fertile soil for God's word and not for everything else. We need to guard what comes in it. You need to develop a deep sense of your connection to God, your connection to his word. You got to have a deep sense of it. Because you know what? God will lead God and direct you, but he can't if you don't let him. Right? And you say, well, why can't God can do anything? God gave us a free will, and he's not going to make you. People say, oh, Lord, make me love your word. He's not going to do that. Now, his word's there for you to love, but he, he's not going to do that because he can't, because if he did, then we, I won't get into all that. You know that. It wouldn't be the free will. So I want to say this morning, let's stand this morning, because I, I want to make a challenge to you this morning. I, you know, you need to make a conscious decision this morning that you're going to adjust your lifestyle. <laughs> through, the, through His Word, through the power of the Holy Spirit who gives you strength to develop an environment where your relationship with God can grow. You know, relationships never stop growing. They shouldn't, right? You know, Peggy and I have been married 41 years. I almost said 50 years, but I've been out of high school 50 years. That, that was clicking in my brain for some reason. But we've been married 41 years, and our relationship is still growing. Even though we know pretty much everything about each other, all the bad stuff and the good stuff and all that, but it grows. We find places that it needs to grow and we allow it to grow. Our relationship with God needs to be continually growing. And we can't do that if we don't keep the heart of our, the soil of our heart fertile and ready and soft and stirred up. I want to make a challenge to you this morning. Close your eyes and just kind of think about God. Think about the Lord. Think about where you're at in your walk with Him. Think about where you might need to go. Think about where you've been. Think about where you are today. Hallelujah. Just meditate on that for a moment.
Oh, Father God. Lord, I stand up before you this morning and say, Lord, there's places I need to soften my heart. There's places I need to, to make my soil more fertile. I need to put your word more in it. I need to open my heart to you more. I need to push my roots down deep this morning. And Lord, as I make a challenge to every person in this room, that we begin to put our roots down deeper in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. This morning, keep your eyes, your heads bowed, your eyes closed. And I want to say this morning, because I want to pray for you this morning. If you say, you know what? This challenges me, and I want to, I'm going to make a commitment this morning that, Lord, I'm going to continually make my soil fertile. I want you to raise your hand this morning. Say, I want to make my heart more fertile for you. I want to make my heart more fertile. I want to grow your roots down deep to where I can stand strong no matter what the weather, no matter what pulls against me and tries to pull me up and pull me out. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, I pray for every hand raised in this congregation this morning and, and, and those that are online that are watching. Lord, in Jesus' name, we thank you, God. Lord, I raise my hands to you this morning. And we pray, Father God, that we're going to be here for each other. Lord, we're going to be able to feel free to go to each other and say, Lord, Say, say, friend, hey, brother, sister, I need you to pray for me. I need to get stronger in the word. I need your love. I need your fellowship. And Lord, we'll go to, to Christ. We'll go to Jesus. And we say, Jesus, I need you. I need your word. Reveal your word to me through your Holy Spirit where I need to change. And I need to grow. And I need to, to get deeper in you. Oh, Father, we thank you for that this morning. We praise you for that. Lord, and I pray a special anointing in this place this morning for each of us to do that, each of us to get down deep into our, to your word, Father. So, Lord, we thank you this morning for that. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are changing our hearts and changing our lives, and we're making the effort to allow you to go down deep. And Lord, I don't even say to pull out the roots that need to be pulled out. Those things that don't need to be growing. Those weeds, those stony places are broken in Jesus' name. Those stony weeds, those things that would choke out your word are being removed in the name of Jesus. Those thorns that would, would <coughs> clamor against us are broken in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray, Father God, that from this day forward, all of us, we're going to see you work. And we're going to ask each other, how is it coming? How is your soil? How is your heart? How is the fertileness of it? And I thank you for that, Lord Jesus. I praise you, Lord Jesus. I give you glory. I give you honor. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the anointing on your word. I thank you for your truth. And I thank you for what you're doing inside of each of us. Lord, I pray this day, Lord Jesus, that this is the day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and we will be glad in it. Father, I pray again for all of those that are have ailments or sick in their bodies. Father, we pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would begin to touch them and heal them, Father God. And they would grab hold of that. They would get a deep rooting of saying, Lord, you're my healer. You're my healer. You're the one that can touch and change me. So we thank you for that, Lord, and we praise you for that. We thank you for what you have in the future for us. And Lord, we just thank you for this series, Lord, how this series is going to change us and change our lives and make us stronger for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, as this morning when we had our morning meeting, I, uh, I prayed and I felt God put it on my heart to pray. It was like, um, we have, we come here to worship God on Sunday, and then we leave, but we need to worship him on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday, and Monday. it doesn't end when we leave here, so 
I had to follow up there. It's like, if you water that, that seed only on Sunday, it's going to be panting for more water by next Sunday. So this thing, this thing's not about this Sunday morning. We got we to get in every day and get closer. And that's the only way we're going to grow. You're not going to grow. Like, Glad you're here on Sunday mornings. But if you go home and that Bible gets dusty before next Sunday morning, I'm just saying, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Pastor Bill. Folks, if you see all this beautiful furniture from the preschool, uh, it all has to be returned to its classrooms this morning, please, before you leave, if you can. Anybody who wants to help, Pastor Bill has said there is an electric force around the building. No one will leave until it's all done or you'll get zapped. I don't believe that's true, but we're willing to try it. Um, Ray, watch out. Um, so please, if you can't help, do that. Miss um, Colette, uh, Naomi, and uh, Miss uh, Charletta will be able to tell you where stuff goes because it all looks the same to me. Um, so uh, if you got a kid, go get them too because Charletta's in there with kids. So anyway, uh, that important thing, please sign up. If you haven't signed up for the Wednesday night cookout, which is the 16th, um, we have a sign-up sheet out there. We'd love to see you at 630 as we have a, a end of summer cookout can't believe we're saying end of summer school starting back and um the world's just keeps turning doesn't it so please sign up for that men the end of the month the friday night and saturday night the last i don't know the dates on top of my head but the friday night saturday night the last one's in august we're going to have a uh, saturday morning i'm sorry friday night saturday morning pastor steve stells from virginia is going to be here to lead the men uh with a just a time for dudes and um it's okay to be a dude, guys. We've lost track of that. But the men have responsibility in this world, and unfortunately the world doesn't want them to do it. Because it's, But we do have a responsibility uh, to our families and to our communities. And, um, and so come and, uh, come and learn more about that, all right? Sign-up sheets out there. Have a great day, and do not leave until you've picked up at least one kitchen or swimming pool. All right, have a great week. Praise be my soul. How can I contain? I cannot contain this.